0: I'm Rachel from Tyrion's Landing, a podcast member of the Gunny Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnyGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one.
1: Welcome to Unqualified Gamers episode 117, or at least as much of it as we're going to get through before my microphone uh, implodes.
0: We've never had technical difficulties on this show. No,
1: never once. Never once had any technical difficulties, and I'm sure it won't start tonight. So, I'm Cody Goff, and this is Jonathan Martin. On this episode, we'll talk about my microphone issues, which are going to prevent us, quite possibly, from finishing this episode. Uh, John's going to tell a story about a book, which... Incidentally, has stories. Yeah, this is me introing you. What do you think?
0: I'm um, story about a book. That's that's gold. That's
1: gold, Jerry. It's, it's gold. Thanks. I'm going to talk about a recent movie viewing experience I had with my girlfriend, which I don't. we'll we'll see where that goes. And I also played Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes, the short precursor to Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, ground zeros is that even no the phantom pain ground zeros what is that
0: you, ground isn't that what you played
1: is that what i played what did i say i played i
0: believe you said you played ground zeros <laughs> <laughs> what are you even talking about <laughs> you played ground zeros
1: i'm going to forget what i'm talking about mid-sentence
0: oh my goodness and then my microphone will cut out
1: unexpectedly at various points and john what do you, i don't tell me what games you're talking about i can't remember
0: uh so i want to talk about rocket league and i want to talk a little bit about dying light just a little bit about both of those
1: briefly great well cool well i'm excited but i'm mostly excited to get to the parts where you're talking because your microphone is less likely to cut out in the middle of a sentence unlike mine
0: you know we were talking about this last night and it's like it's literally something different every single time but it is always a technical difficulty it's the most insane thing that i have ever seen like yeah last week just randomly when we tried to record my internet at home which is never bad was suddenly like like dying and it and it just happened to be the the usb wireless card on my computer which i immediately ordered a new one of um so that's like brand new um, this week we tried to record last night and your microphone just started cutting out it just it you'd be talking and then you would just it would mute yourself and then you'd have to unmute it and then it would mute itself randomly at various points it could be five seconds later it could be one minute later but it would continue to mute itself until you manually unmuted it it doesn't make any sense at all but it is always something new and spectacular isn't it
1: yeah no it's not even a problem that should be a thing and and listen i record this podcast from home I have a good mic that I've been using for, what have what we been doing, doing this, three years almost? I have a good microphone that we've, I've been using for almost three years now. I am on my PC that actually is it, works.
0: Is it, uh, is it an Ars Technica?
1: It's an, it's an Ars, it, Audio Technica. Ars it's, it's Technica. An,
0: it's an audio? Is it an Audio Technica?
1: It's an Audio Technica, okay, it is. So
0: it's a good one then, it's a good microphone. Yeah,
1: it's an Audio Technica ATR something something dark side. From what I can recall. So I've got this I've got this decent mic setup. In the past I've had problems because I've used a laptop that like is dying or on its last leg. No, I'm using my good PC that I've recorded with a dozen times prior to this, with no issue whatsoever. And I'm using the same USB port. And it, it's not that the mic is busted. It's the this, the the system settings are actually just it's just muting. It's just like, oh, your microphone level is twenty three. Never mind, I'm gonna mute it, and it just keeps happening. So, listener, podcasting is deceptively difficult.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it shouldn't be. It really, it really, it really shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. It really shouldn't be.
1: And I start, like this isn't a thing, right? This like, this isn't a thing that exists. Uh, my microphone randomly changes its setting to mute at random points in time. Like that's not a problem people have there's no like virus out there that like adjusts your mic level against your will right but what if there was no no no
0: what if there uh, was that virus what if you've got a virus gonna... what if you've got herpes <laughs> and what if something's wrong with your computer
1: that, those were the only options quite frankly quite frankly I'm, so I'm I, sure. I don't know i don't know how this episode's going to go but if at any
0: i'm sure it'll be fine i'm sure no I'm, speed bumps at all
1: No, none. All right. Well, you talk for a bit while I watch, while I stare. You're
0: going to stare. So Cody's plan this episode is to stare at the little microphone symbol that you can use to unmute uh, the the computer once it is muted because that is randomly muting. So he's just going to stare at it the whole time.
1: Which I just hit twice, by the way, while you
0: were talking. Right, because it muted you twice. So, um, yeah, you know, we always talk, this is a show about video games and, uh, and video game culture um, by two guys that are not professionally involved in video games at all. We have just loved them our entire lives. Uh, but we always kind of start off with, with random stories of maybe The weekend or, or other things. Um, and I wanted to talk about how dumb I was as a kid. Um, I talk so... about that
1: every week.
0: Yeah, so when I when I'm talking about a kid now, like I think a lot when a lot of people say, "Oh, I was like dumb as a kid," like they're referring to like their high school years when they were 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 dumb in high school. But I, I'm going to go back a little further, I think, and I'm going to go back to like elementary school and middle school. Um, so I I always did like really well in school with science related subjects and math related subjects and in fact i did so well with those in general that that was my that's my career that's my end career for my life now my my career going forward for the foreseeable future is is pharmacist i've said that before we've talked about that before which is a very science and math related field uh, but i always scored the poorest on the standardized tests in in uh reading comprehension really uh, i did later i got better at um vocabulary which were two different sections most of the time there was like a, a language section um and then there was reading comprehension my language somehow my my language sections always caught like they eventually caught up to the level of of math and science so like i was testing in anywhere from like the 90th to the to the 99th percentile in all of those categories could never get there in reading comprehension and I realized because I was thinking about this because I started to, I've started to read a lot more in my life for uh, for for pleasure, um, now now that I'm a little older, um, and I was I was thinking about this because I I read a book that um, was it was one of the first books that I can, read. it's like, I can count on the number on, uh, on my, on uh, the number of my fingers that I have on one hand, the number of books that have like legitimately made me cry, like brought me to tears.
1: That's five. Um, and that's this was, five.
0: No, no, that's, I, I mean, it, it might not even be five. It's up to five. It's, it's not five though. Um, and I just read one of them, and I was thinking about this when I was reading because after I read it, I started um, reading some some discussion about it because I was like, did did other people get as profoundly like affected by this book as I did? I the answer is yes, yes they did. Like this is generally considered to be a a very uh, affecting uh, book. I was thinking about it, and and I was like, man, you know i was reading all the all the discussion about this and people are like yeah i read this i read this in like elementary school and i read this in middle school and like i had to read this seventh grade and it made me cry in seventh grade and i was thinking about it and i was like i cannot remember a book that i read in seventh grade i legitimately can and we read books in school right like we did because we had english class like every kid does
1: we were assigned books in school let's be clear
0: Sure. We were assigned books to read. I don't think I ever read a single one. I think I faked my entire English career in school. And I'm not kidding. I really think I did. I don't think I read any books in middle school and elementary school. Now, I know I did in high school. But even in high school, I know and I remember high school more vividly than I do elementary school and and middle school. I definitely skipped books in high school that we were supposed to read. Definitely. So I think that like, I just didn't I just don't think I did a lot of reading of literature when I was in school, and so like I'm reading stories now, and I'm like, man, books are really good. Like there are books, books can be really, really good quote. books. And you know, our another quote for our podcast is, "I don't anymore need to read." It is, but, but yeah, like like. Books can be good. I guess that's what I learned from this, but I wanted to talk about this particular story and I'm not going to like go into specifics or anything, but um, I got, I've gotten really into, um, into short stories recently. Um, Mostly because I feel like specifically science fiction short stories um, specifically because novels, I feel like uh, novels are good. And I I really like a good novel still a lot. Um, But, but novels have to have to take care of of the typical novel sh- novel structure a lot of the time and so there has to be like the the introduction the 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 build like the long winding build up reaching up to a climax and then falling action all that stuff like the the generic um, style for for a book and a lot of that i think is um it's just it's pretty standard for for the general structure of a no- of a novel, obviously it's they don't all adhere to that structure, but in general that structure exists for a reason. With short stories, short stories um, don't have to adhere to that, at least in my experience of reading them so far. They can kind of be all over the place because a lot of the really good short stories that are out there, some of them are five pages long. So, um, I I was like, you know, short stories can like say a lot without without with, with very little because they're in general short. Um, and so I, I found a list of the hundred greatest science fiction short stories um, ever written as of up to now. And I've actually read some of them without ever looking at this list, which made me feel pretty good. Cause there's like a, there's a writer that I've just recently gotten into who is, I've been trying to get you jerks to read stories by him and none of you ever have. And that's fine. One of you will eventually will, will read a story by him and we can talk about it. But, um, a lot of his stories are on this list, but I found this list and the number one story on this list was a story called flowers for Algernon. And it was written in 1958. Um, and a lot of these like really old stories you can find, you can find PDFs of online. So that's what I did. Um, and so uh, I found it and I was like, man, this seems like a really long short story. It was like 100 pages single spaced of a PDF. And I was like, that seems like a very long short story. So I started reading it and like I couldn't put it down. Like I read the, I think I read the full story in like five hours. Later I realized that the short story was written in 58 um, by this guy named Daniel Keyes.
1: 1958 or 1858?
0: 1958. Okay. Um, by this guy named Daniel Keyes. He later like wrote a novel like full novel based on this particular short story because the short story was so well received and i inadvertently read the full novel um but it's a story about a um a guy who is severely mentally handicapped and uh he undergoes an operation that makes that that gradually it's what's well, very rapid in the sense of humanity. It takes like two months and he turns into a genius, like the smartest man on earth. And it's, it's just, it follows his story from, from being mentally retarded for the first 32 years of his life to suddenly becoming a genius and all of the ramifications of that. And it was one of the most emotionally powerful books like I've ever read. And um, I just, I, I just, I want to talk about it briefly because like I, There aren't a lot of of video games that resonate with me as emotionally as um, like this particular book did, as well as some other books that I've read in the past. And and I'm not saying that as any kind of commentary on games over other forms of art or anything. I'm just saying that as an observation to myself that like I, I have emotional reactions to games, but they're like they've never like they're never as strong as what it was to this book. Like I finished it over a lunch break that I had when I was working on Monday and I'm like sitting in Jimmy John's reading this book and I'm like eating my sandwich sandwich. And I'm like crying in the booth as I'm eating my sandwich. Uh, and it was fantastic. It was just fantastic. It was phenomenal. So like, I like it's flowers for Algernon. You can find it on, on PDF online. It, it's, I can understand why it's like listed on multiple lists as the best science fiction short story ever written. It's phenomenal. So, so
1: Flowers for Algernon, did you, did you cry because of the full story or because of the short story?
0: The, um, I, I don't know if the, it was the full story that I read. I actually went back and read the short story. And it's, it's really interesting because the short story, he literally copies passages from the short story in the long story. There's just a bunch of stuff like in between. Like from what I could tell, the last two pages of like the short story are the exact same final two pages of the long story.
1: Why were you stupid as a kid? What does it have to do with
0: Because I didn't like I didn't read. Like the reason why I never scored well with reading comprehension is cuz I just didn't read.
1: I thought you like, did though. Didn't you like you always seemed to know fantasy
0: stuff. I I knew that like through video games. Like I played a lot of video games as a kid. I think I did that more than like anything else. And that was probably I think if anything I just picked up fantasy related like stuff from I don't know, from video games that I played, like when they made allusions to works of literature, because many of them did, right? I mean, Final Fantasy has stuff all over from various works of literature. Yeah, that's fair. So that's probably like where I picked up that stuff. But I never, I should have read more. I'm glad I'm reading more now. I should have read more when I was a kid.
1: Well, have, whatever, should, never too late.
0: It's true. It's true. So anyway, Sorry. I it was it was awesome. Like it was legitimately, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome.
1: Flowers for Algernon. That's so interesting to me that you talked about a book and I'm going to talk about a movie, both in the science fiction realm before we talk about video games, because guess what movie I watched this weekend? It was a sci-fi movie and it was made before 1990.
0: Let's say alien.
1: Let's say, why would any, why would I do that?
0: Because that movie is really awesome.
1: <laughs> that movie is probably...
0: I don't know it would if also ter- it would terrify you.
1: Probably. That's you're, the thing. You're a little
0: girl. You couldn't watch that movie. Hang my on. girlfriend
1: does not do scary movies, really, for the most part. I'm,
0: anyway, I'm going to say that you don't do scary movies and you're blaming it on your girlfriend. I
1: don't know what you're talking about. So we watched, which she had never seen before, but I had, the Stanley Kubrick classic, 2001 A Space Odyssey.
0: Did you did you watch it under the influence of some sort of recreational drug?
1: How can how could you I'm not going to watch that movie sober twice, okay? The first time I watched it for a class at Drake University. Yeah. And we analyzed it and it was really fascinating the analysis. Um but wow, what a movie. You know, I I appreciated it so much more the second time. Like so much more. You've seen it, right? Oh yeah. I've just got to say, I mean, it really it does get better with the second viewing, like a lot better, because the first and maybe it was because the first time I saw it, I was eighteen, and now I'm watching it over ten years later. And when you're eighteen, like some people are conditioned for older movies, right? Like I watched um, uh, uh, uh what's that movie where he's like, he eats a hundred uh, fifty eggs? Um, that I can never Cool Hand Luke, right? Like Cool Hand Luke, I watched with my old roommate John. And he didn't like it because he thought it was really slow. Because he wasn't conditioned growing up to watch older movies like that. Like me growing up, I you know my mom liked The Sound of Music or would play, uh, you know, like my aunt was in old John Wayne flicks, and so I was conditioned at an early age to watch some of the more like slow, patient movies, I guess. Um, and he wasn't. So that was interesting. So 2001, even though I was conditioned, still as an 18 year old. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm kind of like, this, what, like, how long is this going to happen? I mean, the opening shot is a black screen for like seven minutes or something. So I don't know. I liked it better this
0: time. Yeah, you know, that's one of those movies. 2001 is one of those movies where, like, if I watched it the first time when I was like 17, and I watched it on my own. I just like rented it and watched it on my own without knowing anything about it, like just knowing that it was a famous movie. And I remember getting done with it, and I was like, "I don't get it." Like, I didn't get it. I didn't get anything about it. I didn't understand anything. And I didn't enjoy it at all. But I did watch the whole thing. Um, I did watch the whole thing, and I remember, I remember that like later on in life, I I read because I remember the movie, and I read some some essays about it. On my own, just like for fun, because I was interested. Um, and I just read some analysis and discussion about it. And then I went back and watched it again. And I remember enjoying it much more after I had that context. Um, and after I had some more, like that's one of those movies where the historical context, I think, is really interesting for it as well. So, like, once you have that information, I think it makes you better able to appreciate that movie. So, I agree with you. I think once you know a little more about that particular movie, um, it makes you it makes you able to enjoy it a little more. Yeah. That was my, that was my experience with it.
1: No, definitely. Especially the scene where all of the dialogue is small talk and pleasantries. And like, I didn't think much of it at the time when I watched it the first time. And then we analyzed it in class and our, our professor pointed out kind of how excruciating it's meant to be. And this time watching it, the second that scene ended, I was laughing so hard. Because I I was thinking to myself the whole time, I wonder what my girlfriend is thinking right now about this outrageously tedious seeing this is this powerful social commentary on like how in the future we're just going to exchange language and conversation with just like incessant pleasantries and Had had
0: she not seen it before
1: she surprisingly had not seen it before
0: that's really interesting knowing her as little as i do but knowing that she's like in general into classic literature and 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 film yeah so that's big into film that's really interesting to me that she hadn't seen that
1: yeah, eh, no one can see everything. Um yeah. You know, there's uh, that is money. an
0: astute observation.
1: Thank you. I will be here all podcast. Actually, that's not necessarily true. It
0: might not be. You might be muted. There you go. See, there it goes.
1: <laughs> that timing couldn't have been better. So, do you want to talk about your couple of games first, and then I'll I'll attempt a Metal Gear Solid Five <laughs> review? Yeah,
0: we should probably talk. We should probably talk about. um some video games we're playing um so you know i talked before about when i i got my ps4 and i i got uh playstation plus and one of the great perks about playstation plus is that they give you free games every month so last month um the month of july uh they gave away a free new game so um i think one of the things that apparently they're trying to do with the the ps4 game launches is uh, a lot of times what they, what they did with the PS3 was a game would come out and it'd be out for a couple of months, um, you know, maybe like eight months to a year, and then it would show up on PlayStation plus for free right. with, with PlayStation four, I think what they're trying to do from what I understand is they're trying to get like m- games to be free upon release, like upon their release to get a bunch of people involved with them immediately. Like that's kind of the deals that they've struck with, with some of these publishers. Um, and some of these uh, video game companies. So, the game they they gave away Rocket League for free on PS4 if you had a PlayStation Plus prescription uh, subscription. Um, and what this game is is it is the sport that the rest of the world really likes, but America does not. Football? Sure, right for all of our European for all of our European listeners. That's right. It's football. All. How many European? We've got two, two hundred thousand European listeners. Is that, is that about right? What you just
1: said everybody but America likes it. It's football. That's football.
0: That's the thing so. that America likes and nobody else likes.
1: No, f- soccer is foot, football. Right, football. I was using the European. That's what I was saying, and
0: that's why I said our two hundred thousand football. Our two hundred thousand European listeners. They listen to us each and every day. Um, they know it as football, so it's 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 football, right? It's soccer, only it's soccer played with cars. So you, it's a really arcadey style uh, racing game. So like, you accelerate and you can basically reverse instantly. Like your car, there's no momentum to your car. There's momentum to your car, but it's easily changeable. Um, there's boosts. There are, um, uh, your car can jump and double jump. So like, it's got these weird, these weird things. Um, and the goal of the game is to put the ball in the opposite in the opponent's net. And it, it the, the standard game is three on three. It goes up to four V four, two V two or one V one, but the standard game is three V three. And that's what the ranked games are. It's got a, it's got a ranked, a ranked mode. And all of the unlocks, cause you're constantly unlocking stuff in the game for your car. Um, is all flair. It doesn't affect gameplay at all. So the game that you start with, that you download, that you start playing, is the game that you will always play. And it is literally soccer with cars. And it is fantastic.
1: Are there guns? Are there missiles?
0: No, nothing like that. It's just your cars can drive, and they can hit the ball with your car. Your car can boost and run into another car and and make it explode but the other car instantly responds on their side of the field and the goal is just to bounce the ball into the net now all of the classic rules of soccer of which i know none because i know nothing about soccer but all of like the classic strategies of soccer all apply here like apparently what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to do something called center the ball which, if the ball is on the outsides of the, of the field, you're supposed to find a way to kick it to the center where somebody else is supposed to be so that they can get a shot once the ball hits them into the goal. Well, the game, like if you know soccer, you know that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know that's what you're supposed to do because I don't know soccer. But I did that once on accident. Uh, I, like, knocked the ball into the middle, and I got, like, 20 points, which the points, 20 points are, like, your currency that you'll use to unlock stuff. It's like experience points, basically. I got 20 points for something called centering the ball. And I was like, oh, this is like, this must be a thing you're supposed to do in soccer. Like, this is like a strategy. So if a person is there, you're supposed to center the ball to them and then they knock it into the goal. And there's far more advanced strategies, obviously. That was like, that's just like the basic me being a super dummy with soccer, not knowing anything about it. It's like, oh, this is what I should do. And I've, I've read that like, people think that this game could teach Americans soccer because of how 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 closely it mirrors just the general rules of soccer.
1: And it's not a FIFA game, which is only played by current football fans.
0: Right. Yeah, it's not a FIFA game.
1: This no. is uh this is oh.
0: And it's just it's and it's it's awesome because it's 5-minute matches. So they they're super snappy. You can get in and play. The only the only time lag at all are um you get replays for um, for goals, and that's it. So if you if you've got a game that goes like 2-0, zero, you've only got two replays you have to sit through, and those are you know ten seconds long. But otherwise, it's a five second match, five minute match, which is a super bite size amount of time. Um, it's just enough time to like get in, like play a game. If you if you lose, get frustrated and be like, I gotta play another one. Like I can't let that go. Or if you win, be like, I got time for another one. Like I gotta keep this winning streak going, right? And pretty soon, like three hours have passed, and you've played like twenty matches.
1: How are you playing against people or the computer yeah, mostly? All,
0: all people. You can play it against against AI, but so far, because of the free launch, and it launched um, it launched on the same day for PC, and the servers are cross server. So if you're playing on PS4, you can also play with PC players. Um, it it's like every night that I've logged on, um, there've been at least a hundred thousand people playing.
1: Why is it, like, why is it fun? I don't, it's, I don't get it.
0: Because it, I don't, I, because it's like a competitive, it's like a competitive sport. It's like, it's like the, it's like playing, it's like playing any other sport. It's like a, it's like a competitive thing. Um, it's like why, why I find playing MOBAs fun because it's like, what's it's like one team against another, um. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to describe like why it's fun. It's fun because it's a comp. It's a competition, and competitions can be fun. I
1: guess, I guess. especially when there's not a zillion variables involved that are totally out of your control, like Hearthstone. Um, well, and it there's sounds no, there's no
0: and there's no there's no like chat. There's no trolling. Um, there's a few issues with it right now, but like in general, like you, you don't have if you do something wrong, like in the MOBA scene, if something if you do if you screw up for your team you get, it can be very toxic. Like, the community of, of most MOBAs can be very toxic to the to to players that mess up. But, like, there's no chat or anything. Like, you can't do that in this game. Like, you just get back on the field and you keep playing.
1: And um, are you playing solo? Like, do you control the whole team or is it teams? No,
0: no, no. It's each car is an individual person. So, like, a 3v3 game has six human players in it.
1: Okay, so you may have a bunch of cars driving around haphazardly crashing into each other.
0: Yeah, but it's so far in my experience, like people are not just crashing into each other because there's no point. You literally get nothing out of blowing up other cars other than making them appear back at their, at their like side of the field.
1: But you can blow up cars.
0: Only by running into them with boosting.
1: All right, now we are at the heart of why this game is fun. When you can blow up cars, because the biggest sport outside of America is football. Blowing up
0: cars blowing up cars you know
1: what the biggest sport inside america is
0: foot, foot, football
1: i just read an essay by tom by tom wolf about this demolition derbies it is the most american sport that there is it was invented in america they don't do it anywhere else it's super american okay it's the closest we've come to replacing the gladiatorial combat of the romans I mean, it really is. You throw a bunch of cars into a field, and they blow each other up. I mean, not like with fire, but they they destroy each other, and that's what it is. It's that's which true. one can destroy the most of the things, and that's what it is. It's destruction, and it's awesome. So it is combining the two, and now I understand the appeal, and now I wish I had it, and maybe I'll get it for PC.
0: I mean, you're not so you're not wrong that that, but it. So in this game, it literally is not beneficial to your team. Pretty much at all, unless you you blow up a car in transition to doing something else, because it doesn't it doesn't like you don't even get points for it. You don't get anything for it. Um, you only get points for stuff you do that contributes to scoring goals or preventing the other team from scoring goals. So like that's because that is incentivized in my experience so far. That is what people are trying to do for the most part.
1: But it doesn't matter whether it's useful or not, the fact that part of the gameplay may or may not at some point in time involve blowing up other cars makes it awesome. I'm I'm saying this is a good thing.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know what? You're not wrong. Yeah. It makes it awesome that you can do that. I agree. Right. I agree.
1: So we are violently in agreement.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, Apparently there's like an esports scene that people think could, could grow out of this particular game because of just how, how I guess maybe well-balanced and, like it's one of those games where like the the skill floor like the, to get through the to to get through the tutorial in the game it it's it's a five minute tutorial and then you're able to play the game um and then the advanced techniques are super hard to master super hard to master so um it's very much it's very much an easy 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 to learn super difficult to master which is which is like a recipe for esports games. So people think there might be an esports scene that grows out of this particular game. Um, I just think it's really fun. It's like a it's a really neat game. And if I I think if I got further into it and tried to like tried to like research, hey, like like how am I supposed to 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 do this? Like, what's the best way to score goals? Like, how do I defend? Like, I think it would actually make me appreciate soccer more. And that's what other people have said too. Is that like if you get into this game, it it will make you appreciate I'm uh, a football soccer more. Um, or at all, if you don't appreciate it at all. Like, I don't really right now.
1: Maybe they should make a version of this that goes with hockey so people can learn the rules to hockey. Because right now all people know is...
0: I think a lot of people know the rules to hockey. I don't think that's... I think a lot more people know the rules to hockey than know the rules to soccer in America, I think I would I would argue.
1: I don't... I think... No. Well, maybe. Well, I don't know. It depends.
0: And when I say... Maybe not rules is the wrong word. Maybe just the strategies behind it. Because in soccer, to me, it looks like the strategy is get the ball in the other team's net. Like in hockey, to me, it, to me, I, like under, I, I feel like I understand what they're trying to do with the puck and stuff. But I've never understood what they're trying to do with the ball in soccer ever. So, you know, maybe this game could help illuminate me on that particular sport.
1: All right. Well, Rocket League sounds like a good one.
0: It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, and then the other game I've been playing is a game called Dying Light. It's by Techland. It's the same company that made Dead Island, which I've I've talked to you about that before. Um, We've
1: talked about Dead Island briefly.
0: Yeah, I mean what like so don't zombie games sound awesome? Like doesn't, doesn't it doesn't it sound awesome to play another zombie game? No to you? No. Does it sound awesome to you?
1: Why would that be awesome?
0: Yeah, it probably shouldn't be, right? Because they're getting a little out overplayed like yeah I think not general, just
1: movies i mean games but all of everything there's too many games everywhere think,
0: yep i think in general a lot of people feel that sentiment so i was a little skeptical when i went into this game to be honest i only got it because one it was it was twenty dollars it had gone down to twenty dollars used on gamefly so i decided to buy it used um and two because it had when it came out earlier this year it had gotten like excellent fantastic reviews So I was like, man, how is another zombie game getting this good of reviews? So uh, that was the main reason why I got it. So I got it. Um, It is a first-person zombie... It's a survival game. It's not like a a shooter or anything. Like, in general, you're doing, like, first-person parkour around um, the city of Haran in the Middle East where a zombie outbreak has occurred. Um, And you are... Helping the survivors, the people that are not infected, you're helping them survive. And you are a member of a of a government agency. They don't know that. That is as far into the story as I am, basically. And I'm help. I'm, I'm like it, you're tasked with infiltrating them for some reason. You don't like. I don't know yet. Um, but it's the city is just is incre- It's incredible. The city is in incredible and like the game really incentivizes like not fighting um the zombies can easily kill you and overwhelm you like you're really kind of it just kind of feels like you're supposed to knock them out of the way a little bit just to get around them um there's a day night mechanic and uh so far at night there are these like super zombies that come out that basically at this point in the game when i'm playing if i were to venture out of a safe zone at night i would i would literally die like i would die immediately these like super zombies so there's like there's it's really high stakes you don't feel like you're super powerful which is i think one of the biggest detriments to zombie games is zombies are so like they're such a cheap enemy because their strategy is to run directly at you and like bite you so so the like the strategy to to kill them is is hit them or or hit them in the head or shoot them in the head. Right. Uh, And, and and like, that's, that's like basic, that's basically it. Right. But the zombies in this game feel a little more akin to the zombies in, in maybe um, left for dead where there's definitely some special zombie types that I've encountered. Um, There are um, like the, the zombies are definitely more overwhelming. They're, they're much harder to kill than in left for dead. There's not nearly as many of them, but I, the, like the, the variety issue is there. Um, so there's a much, there's a pretty good variety of zombie types that you have to deal with, but just the really, the really cool thing is the city navigation. Like I've never played. I have played, I've played um, mirror's edge, which was also a fantastic game. That was kind of first person parkour. This has a little bit of that. So, um, and there's three different types of experience in the game so like you're always making progress so uh, the first type of experience is is agility so like any anytime that you're jumping around the city um, climbing on ledges anytime you're doing stuff like that you're gaining agility experience um, anytime you're fighting zombies you're gaining combat experience and then anytime you're completing the main story quests you're getting what's called survivor experience and then there's three types There's They level independently, and then there's three talent trees that you unlock that's like a branching talent tree um, based on that particular skill set in the game, which is cool. It's a really cool way to do it, I think. Um, It, like, incentivizes doing those particular activities. But the story so far is just really neat, and the the navigation of the world is super cool. And I thought it was just going to be some generic zombie game. I really did. Again, I just kind of got it because it was – so highly regarded in like the the um, the scene, but it's it's legitimately awesome.
1: The zombie video game scene,
0: sure. Just like the the general like reviewers said, it was very good, right? So yeah, I I was very I'm very surprised that another zombie game is as good as this game is so far.
1: Well, congratulations on finding two delicious games. So I said delicious because you were sipping your drink. When I said that, what is your um what's the name of that game again?
0: That one's called Dying Light. Um its tagline is good night and good luck. And it uh, I believe who's the guy that voices Snow and voices Oh, Troy Baker. Troy Baker. I believe he's the he also voices the guy from BioShock Infinity, right? Yes. Bioshock Infinite? Booker
1: DeWitt from Bioshock Infinite.
0: It's definitely him. Or at least I'm 95% sure that he is the, the the main voice actor. And he's good. Like, I really like his work.
1: Everybody likes his work. That's why he gets all the work.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Nolan North gets a lot of work too. But, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's the guy really... who directed Batman does voices for video games? No, the, the porn star, Nolan North.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Didn't know that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good.
1: Um, well, I had a quip to tell you at some point, several times during your story, and my microphone just kept muting itself, so I decided against it.
0: Well, it was obviously not a very good quip.
1: Clearly. clearly
0: I think your microphone just muted itself. Again.
1: Clearly. Clearly all these things are happening. So I don't know how this is going to go.
0: I'm sure it'll be great.
1: Yeah? It's been great so far. It's, it's been, been great. really it's been great, great, so, great far. so far. So I played Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes, which is the it is kind of um, created as a demo to demonstrate what Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is going to be like.
0: And because you are our resident, uh, you are our resident Metal Gear Solid expert on the show.
1: Yeah, I really am. I really am. I've played all of the Metal Gear Solid games except for Peace Walker, the, um, the PSP game. I'm actually going to address that. Um, in in this kind of review, so I've, I've played even uh, portable Ops for PSP. So I've played all these Metal Gear games, and Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is going to ha- it's going to be open world. It's going to have a new combat system. It's going to have all these new features, and but it's going to be in, it's it will have been in development for a very long time before it comes out September 1st. So uh, last year, Kojima Productions released Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, ground zeros as kind of a prequel uh, meant to be a short kind of almost like a demo to illustrate what's going on with the phantom pain. It was 15 or 20 bucks when it came out. And a lot of people were incensed because it only had two to three hours of gameplay. And uh, that didn't seem worthy of a 15 to $20 purchase. Now to those people, I would say at least you didn't spend $20 on gone home, but that is neither here nor there. So I did play through the game and it took me an hour and 58 minutes and so it it was short but when i finished it said that i was six percent i had a six percent completion rate with the game and i had also unlocked several kind of like side missions that um i could now play through which i've not played through but i I only did the main campaign but there is additional content so that is there so to the length you know I, i don't know I got the game because it was free if you pre-ordered Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain. So I didn't pay anything for it.
0: Just so you know, I also got this game free because it was one of the free games in the June selection of PlayStation Plus games. So it's sitting on my PlayStation 4 right now. I haven't played it.
1: Yeah, which is impressive because, I mean, it's it's a good game. Yeah,
0: and I think it was $20. Like, I think it came out at a $20 price point. So it's kind of like... I mean, it's kind of like the, that's that's pretty much the 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 top of the price ladder that it seems like they give away for free on PlayStation Plus.
1: Sure, makes sense, but uh, it was still a pretty cool thing. So, uh, so played through this game. I played the whole thing. What if is it? It is. So this is where things get a little hairy. All right, the Metal Gear Solid storyline is notoriously complicated. It has so many characters and plot twists. There's like a plot twist every 20 minutes, 20 to 40 minutes of gameplay. Some major plot twist basically. All these characters and uh, you have to you have to kind of be in the mindset of Metal Gear Solid. I was coming at this after not after having not played a Metal Gear Solid game for a while. Um it's, it's like Metal Gear Solid 5: The Phantom Pain is going to star the boss or big boss who is the main character From what I have gleamed and and after time, after observing more and more of the series, he's the main character of the series.
0: He's the perfect Solid Snake clone, right?
1: No, Solid Snake is a clone of Big... (laughs)
0: Okay, I know I don't know anything about the story. I just know there's clones and there's liquid snake and there's solid snake, and it doesn't make any sense to me. But right, that's okay. That's,
1: yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so, but Big Boss is a villain in the first f- couple games, and he's alluded to heavily in Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid Two. He's the main character in Metal Gear Solid Three. He plays a major role in Metal Gear Solid Four, despite the fact that he is supposedly his dead. And you play as him in Metal Gear Solid Five. You also play as him in Portable Ops and in Peace Walker. So as far as I've kind of observed, Big Boss really is, is in Kojima's mind, I think, the director of the series, the main character of the series. And there's a lot of political intrigue and a lot, of, uh, a lot of espionage and things like that, which make the series cool. This game was kind of hard for me to get into story-wise because it takes place directly following the events of Metal Gear Solid, Peace Walker, which was a PSP exclusive that I never played. And a lot of times people would presume that the, you know, portable games are maybe optional when put in the context of a larger series. Like, for example, maybe, I don't Kingdom know. Like, Hearts.
0: Kingdom Hearts is probably yeah, Kingdom a great Hearts. example of that. There you
1: go. Kingdom Hearts would be a great example. Um, even the Final Fantasy spinoffs, like you wouldn't have a main Final Fantasy game on a portable device, unless it was a port from a console. The portable versions are like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, or I don't know. I'm not good at giving out examples, but generally you wouldn't consider a portable game to be canon with the storyline of a regular game that takes place primarily on consoles. So the fact that I hadn't played Peace Walker was a bit of a um, disadvantage going into it. Peace Walker apparently is about Big Boss amassing a group of he basically builds his own army, basically, uh, which is like every game with that series. And uh, he's got this army, and you... I don't really know what happens in the game, but there's some characters involved. Two of them were captured, and in this game, you have to rescue them from a camp. So it's, it's literally you infiltrating a base and rescuing two prisoners. So pretty simple. Pretty that's, simple the, that's
0: like the full game?
1: That's like the she, full game. Okay. The, the full game is you have to get into this base... Um, in a tactical espionage style of the Metal Gear Solid series. You have to sneak around and you have to be, uh, you know, just smart about what guards you alert. You have a tranquilizer pistol or you can pull out a real gun. There's security cameras to dispatch. Uh, plays just like a Metal Gear Solid game. But I thought it was really, really, really smooth in terms of controls. Like a lot of Metal Gear Solid games can be very, I don't know. Some of the first ones were the the control was always good but they were a little stiff i want to say in terms Drinky. of no a little start stop just not like smooth flowing they weren't like ninja gaiden where you're flipping and doing seamless movements it's a little more start stop and i thought this one flowed a little better so they imp- improved the gameplay a bit um the graphics were unbelievably good it was the first game where I got to actually test the capabilities of my new graphics card, and it it, it performed really well. So that was exciting for me. Um, I, and so I get into it. The story doesn't really resonate with me, but I'm like, basically, I'm rescuing two people. If that's fine. Uh, even in the context of this story, there are like four plot twists. I don't know how he manages to do it, but there are. Um you sneak in and you kill some guards and you have a guy talking in your comm set and I died four or five times. It would respawn me and I would try again. And uh, and I got through it. There's not a lot of equipment that you mess with. Um, like in the other games, you get like night vision goggles and like cigarettes and all these different things, lots of different weapons and items. And in this game, you have a little bit of a variety, but not a ton. So... Uh, it, it just felt like I was playing part of a Metal Gear Solid game. It was like if you drop me an hour into Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear Solid 2, and you were like, here's your objective, here's the scene, go do it, and then you're done. And it was fun. What I've noticed they've done with the series, probably the biggest change is the, the heads-up display or the kind of graphical overlay for the game. It's going in the direction that, that a lot of games are going these days with like a minimal... Uh, interface so like mario kart 8 even does this where they're not clogging the screen with like what place everybody's in and where's the speedometer and here's the mini map and all all this crap on the heads and you know in your uh in your overlay like it's a very minimal graphical overlay right and metal gear solid always had a pretty minimal one with just a little item in the corner and a couple indicators this has like basically nothing it's like nothing unless you press a button to open a menu specifically to re-equip something it is nothing And when you take damage, even there's no more damage bar. They've converted it to first person shooter damage, which means that you get damaged a a certain amount. Uh, It kind of blinks your screen red a couple times. And then you either automatically recover, or I I think there was a mechanic in there where there are some injuries that you have to heal using a little like spray healing kit, whatever. Um, But other than that, they've kind of revamped the damage, which is kind of refreshing. Um. And they don't anymore. One of the most iconic parts of the Metal Gear Solid series is when an enemy sees you, it does the sound effect. It's like, wha, And then it shows like alert for maybe 100 seconds, let's say. And that alert counts down while the enemies are looking for you. And if you manage to hide long enough without them spotting you, they go down to yellow alert. Where they're just kind of like raised caution and have a couple extra security patrols, and then if you count that down, then they all go back to normal. They return to their posts, and you can kind of come out from hiding and do all that. That's gone. Um, still, when the enemies see you, it goes, but it doesn't automatically give you a, a timer in any way. It just it just does that, and enemies are looking for you. You hear their comms. They're like, "We than an intruder. Everybody, you look for him." Blah blah blah. But um, but there's no like actual countdown. It's just, you just kind of hide and hope they go away. So Is that
0: is that kind of like standard though for Metal Gear? Like you just kind of hide and hope they go away?
1: It is, but I feel like this game is focused on less hiding and more like action and moving. Okay. And I kind of like that. Like it's, it's moving closer to the speed of games today where it's not like, I don't want to wait for 35 or 40 seconds in real time to, you know, for the enemies to go away. So... Um, really, it's just like they are modernizing the whole series and all the mechanics are, are much more modern. And, um, you know, with, with the minimum display and everything, all the design choices make sense. And then the biggest change between other games and, and this game is Kiefer Sutherland. I'm sure you're, you've are you heard about this voice actor deal, right?
0: Yes, he is the new big boss. Solid Snake? The new Snake He's the new Metal Gear. He's the, he's the new he's Snake. The new, he's the new Metal Gear.
1: He's the new Snake. So uh, David Hayter voiced, has voiced Snake, in, whether it's Solid Snake or Big Boss or whomever, uh, has voiced Snake since Metal Gear Solid and has a very distinct voice that is parodied all the time. And it's, it's like a very integral part of video game culture, I feel you know his very like arr, colonel arr, metal gear like it's just a thing um now it is Keith or, Kiefer sutherland voicing him Kiefer sutherland really great actor
0: 24 he's he's the 24 guy right he's the
1: 24 guy really good actor he
0: kills terrorists with with his well with his weapons and then by breaking all of their bones that's what he does he
1: kills terrorists by weapons and things and he's a great actor, and I'm, I'm sure that he's got a really great dramatic voice and everything. But he is not David Hayter, and it bothered me a lot more than I thought it would that it's not Snake, because you have to understand these games aren't like these games are on, on one are on one hand very serious with serious with a serious like message of anti nuclear war or anti war and and all the you know very serious dialogue and violence and drama like but and there's like,
0: an, and like they're not self aware about that because it kind of sounds like they're a little goofy
1: They're incredibly self aware about it. Okay. And that thing is it's a very distinct style. It's uh it's very James Bond. It's very kind of a little bit of cheese layer over the top. And I thought that David Hayter was a very fundamental part of that i thought even snake's voice after a time saying the things that it did in the voice that he had worked for that now maybe kojima is going to go he's he's going in a less campy direction with this one maybe he wants it to be more serious maybe he wants it to be more dramatic and and just wanted a really good actor i mean not that david Hayter's not because he's good but just wanted like a a you know a hollywood guy to just step in and do this voice so i it, it it'll it ha- i have to see how the main game is but but this game in terms of gameplay was phenomenal in terms of graphics and and, and all the updates and everything i think it's gonna play like a 2015 game not just like a kind of rehashed version of an older game. I think it'll be good and updated, and I think it'll be fun to play, but um, it'll be interesting to see the tone of the game. And from the trailer, it looks like a very, very, very serious tone with a lot of like heavy stuff, but I don't know.
0: So say you're me, and you've never played a Metal Gear game before, and you have Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes on your on your PS4, and you know that Metal Gear Solid Five is coming out in two weeks it's like it's nice it's December 1st so it's like yeah it's like two weeks away um, is there any way to jump into the series at this game
1: I have no idea I'll have to I have to let you know I, like I said I didn't really understand the story of this game and I still had fun but that was one mission
0: well knowing knowing Metal Gear Solid 4 the way that you do because you played that obviously I mean, you've played all of them but like knowing Metal Gear Solid 4 the way that you do Like, was that a game that you could just, like, say, all right, I'm going to, like, I'm going to see what these people are talking about, this Metal Gear thing, and, like, get in there and get anything out of it?
1: Not a chance in hell. Metal Gear Solid 4, you must have played probably all three of its predecessors. That
0: is super interesting. There are very few franchises that span the length of time that Metal Gear has spanned, that, re- that have that requirement. In fact, there may be none but Metal Gear.
1: I mean, Metal Gear Solid 4 came with a visual novel of the first Metal Gear Solid to get you caught up on that. And it also came up with basically its own Wikipedia. But unless you want to read through all of that, it's that's Metal Gear Solid 4. Now, 5 takes place in between Metal Gear Solid 3 and Metal Gear Solid.
0: So, <laughs> I, I, this doesn't sound like anything I want to try to get into. It sounds right, incredibly so, uh, complicated.
1: Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid Two, and Metal Gear Solid Four all okay. take place you after have, the.
0: You have two minutes to do the entire story of Metal Gear. Go.
1: I, I don't even remember. I don't even you remember. You
0: are Star. worthless to me.
1: It's it's hard. It's hard, but I don't know that five will 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 require that because Metal Gear Solid Five takes place before Solid Snake is even born or around the time he's born, but certainly before the events of the original Metal Gear Solid. So in this game, the only thing that came before this game chronologically is Metal Gear Solid 3, which does give you a lot of background on Big Boss, but they talk about that in Metal Gear Solid. So in in this game, in Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes, they've got a little just a 12 um, 12 little slides with a few sentences on each of them on the events of peace walker and a little bit about big boss's character so if you read through these and it'll take you 5 minutes maybe to get through these 12 little like slides it's like you know like slide 1 once upon a time there was big boss he was this and then he went to Russia to do this mission next slide and then he encountered this person, and then this person betrayed him, and so we hated his country. Next slide. So it's very quick little 12 uh, slide deal. So having read that, that gives you enough of a background on Big Boss to, I think, okay. kind of know where you're at with, with Ground Zeroes. Phantom Pain, we'll see, but I, I imagine it's going to be more accessible than Metal Gear Solid 4, which was a culmination of all the games, really.
0: Okay. It's still... It's, it feels like... It feels like what I should do, because this is Kojima Swan song, right? It feels like what I should do if I were if I were to want to play this as somebody who has never played a Metal Gear Solid game before, is wait. And wait for five to come out and wait two years down the road, and invariably there will be the anthology collection, and it will be every single one of the games, and that should be what I buy. Probably. I mean that sounds like that sounds like the thing to
1: do. They're worth playing. I mean, Metal Gear Solid is a serious missing from your video game resume. Like I haven't played Assassin's Creed. You know, neither of us have played everything.
0: Me- Metal Gear Solid though, like I remember back when back when the PlayStation was around. Um and I was reading video game magazines around the time. Um I remember the the majority of the tens that were coming out were um Either Squaresoft RPGs, those were getting tens at the time, or Resident Evil in terms of games on the PlayStation. Like those were the games that were getting tens. And then I knew nothing about this Metal Gear Solid game and it came out and it got a 10 and was considered like the best game of the year. And I never played it. I never played it. I never got into it, played it at that point. But I remember distinctly that like in Game Informer, it got a 10. And I was like, wow. Like, that, these don't happen that often, right? So I remember that from a kid, that it got incredible reviews.
1: Kojima has a unique blend of storytelling that could not be replicated in movies or books or told in any other medium. It's it, He has such a distinct style, um, which I think is cool.
0: I don't know. I guess it's good that he's making video games then.
1: Probably. Probably. I mean, three is the best. You could just play three and be very happy (laughs) because three is really good. Like, really good. Um, But uh, yeah, so that's Metal Gear Solid Five Grand Zeros. Um, I I don't know if I'd I'd say go out and buy it, but if you can get it for free or real cheap, or on, you know, if PlayStation 4 offers it as a download again, which it won't, but whatever, um, you know, check it out. If not, wait for Phantom Pain. I have it pre-ordered. It's, I'm going to have it in two weeks, two or three weeks. And uh, <laughs> I will tear through that game because I am really excited about it. I believe you. I'm really excited about it. So that's that.
0: That is that. That's all. That's all we've got. It's literally all we, we have. Yeah.
1: More of it, yeah. Well, I hope this is enjoyable for you, listener. I did the best I could with uh, what I've got, which is with John. The,
0: with the scraps you were given.
1: Yeah, with the scraps I was given, which you know how that is. Um, I have a couple things I'd like to promote really quickly before we wrap up, though. Oh,
0: please do this and let your microphone cut out. Please promote away.
1: Oh, you're going to love this. You're yes, going to love when awesome. it when it cuts out while I'm promoting. So we are part of the Gunna Geek Network. It's gunnageeknetwork.com. Dot, you know what I'm saying. Uh, and your
0: mic didn't even cut out.
1: I know. G-O-N-N-A-G-E-E-K network.com. Gonna geek. And there are several podcasts on that network. We are their resident video game podcast for the time, which is always very cool. And they have a couple other podcasts. If you're geeky and you're into geeky stuff, you should check them out. This week on the Good A Geek Network, uh, a couple cool shows on Voices of Defiance. You check out episode 41, When Twilight dims the Sky Above, as well as an interview with Conrad Coates. Captivated by our alien overlords and conquerors, the Voices of Defiance podcast hosts welcome Tevgin himself, Mr. Conrad Coates, to the podcast. The crew also runs down the latest Defiance episode, When Twilight dims the Sky Above. And they wrap up by discussing all the guest voices of Defiance feedback throughout the week, including some great iTunes reviews and interact with the live chat room which you can find at GunningGeek.com slash live. Also this week on the Gunning Geek Network, on the official GunningGeek.com podcast, episode 107, Stephen's mad you broke his hitch bot. Uh, the show Stephen starts off topics at hand a little upset that his American counterparts broke his beloved hitch bot. There's only one conclusion, Stargate Pioneer did it. I don't know what a Hitchbot is but I guess if I have to listen to find out after debating the future of Hitchbot, the gun geek crew discusses how fantastic four was rated low before it hit the theaters, how jeeps are hacked. And the question is finally answered. How much did the moon landing cost Buzz Aldrin? I don't know what that means, but you can find out on gun official podcast number 107. Did you see the fantastic four movie?
0: No, but I thought, so the movie didn't get screened to critics and any time a movie doesn't get screened for critics in general i think i feel like 90% of the time if not more frequently you can assume that it is a terrible movie if they do not screen it to critics i think that
1: i think that's actually an industry thing you're right
0: yeah and this one this one wasn't and i remember that being like a like why aren't they screening this and and so yeah i mean i after i found that out i didn't have very high hopes for it
1: I said this on the Brian Noonan show, and I'll say it again. Doctor Doom is my favorite superhero villain of all time, and I refuse to see it because I heard that he is generic and not that
0: great in it. That's too bad, right? I mean, he's he's very menacing as a villain.
1: Yes, Darth Vader was inspired by Doctor Doom. Did you know that?
0: No, I didn't, and I don't believe you.
1: It's an actual fact. I did not make I, it up. Look at I, his.
0: I believe you looked up that fact. I believe you made up that fact. I believe you facted that. You fact that fact
1: if you want to hear more from us god knows why visit wgnplus.com where we are syndicated by wgn radio or visit unqualifiedgamers.com for not only podcasts but also articles in the occasional video you can also find us on youtube and find our other social networks ununqualifiedgamers.com you faced
0: the fact fact of fallacy We'll i right